Hey guys, welcome back for another episode of My Point of View with me, Camila. How's everyone doing? I hope you're all doing fine. So, before I introduce today's episode, I want to tell you that, as you may are seeing right now, I changed my logo. With everything changing in the podcast, basically I'm inviting more guests and having more point of views here. I thought that it was, you know, fitting that I changed the logo. I wasn't feeling the eye anymore. And I feel like this logo speaks more to me, you know, it's me with a glass of wine and cursive lettering. And yeah, basically I like it way more. So yeah, that's my new logo. I hope you like it. And today's episode is a very, very, very exciting episode because I have four guests. Yes, four. I have fellow podcasters here with me. They're going to introduce themselves in the episode, so I'm not going to even gonna try to introduce them myself. But basically, yeah, they are four of my favorite podcasters here in the podcasting world that I found when I started this project. And I asked them one day if they would like to do an episode about feminism with me and they were so nice and they were they said yes and yeah basically that's what this episode is it's an episode about feminism i thought it was going to be very pointless if i did it just myself you know i thought that bringing more point of views to this episode was going to be the best you know very so the episode is not just me talking you get more educational stuff and again different point of views so i'm gonna leave you with that episode i hope you enjoy it of course i'm gonna leave everyone's links down below where you can hear their podcasts where you can follow them so yeah i hope you enjoy it well hi everybody welcome to my podcast hi Hi. (laughs) so today we don't have one or two but we have like four guests which is very exciting so i'm gonna let each and every one of you introduce yourselves hi guys my name is vanessa rock i am the host of the on the rocks podcast i've been uh the host of the podcast for about six months now we talk about everything from dating to going out to college to basically my life it's like a personal journal I um, go to San Diego State University. I live in San Diego, California. Um, I'm a communication major. I'm passionate about all things communication and relationships in life. So that's a little bit about me. All right, guys. I'm Kelsey. I'm the host of What's Stopping You with Kelsey Jones podcast. I was recently on this podcast, so y'all probably remember who I am. My podcast is all about empowerment and just becoming your best self. Um, Yeah, I'm a 20-something, and I'm just trying to navigate my life. I feel like that's a common theme of all of our podcasts. Absolutely. Well, I am Emily Gigliotti. I am the host of the Purpose Project podcast. My podcast is basically all about just finding yourself and learning through other people's experiences. I am 23 years old as of last week, actually. So newly 23. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And I uh, live in Philadelphia right now, and I am currently in graduate school getting my master's degree in sport business. So I am pretty busy with the podcast, school, and working, just trying to stay afloat. Wow, Emily, how am I supposed to 
level up to that. I'll try my best. Girl, you can <laughs> level up to that. <laughs> my name is Nestle. I'm a 24-year-old. I was born and raised in New York City, but I currently live in Atlanta, Georgia. I work as an analyst for a Fortune 500 tech company. I also have a podcast. It's called Not My Problem. It's a collection of personal stories about life experiences. And my, my whole thing is giving people a non-BS take on life. So it's all about having comfortable, uncomfortable conversations comfortably. And yeah, I'm also a 20-something figuring life out. I feel like I'm a little bit, I think I kind of have life figured out to some degree, but you know, every day is every day. <laughs> she acts like she can't follow any of us up. Like, uh, Yeah. <laughs> I work for a Fortune 500 company and I'm living in Atlanta. <laughs> She's a queen. Yeah. Yes, you're the queen. For everyone that's listening, I invited the girls to make an episode all about feminism. It's a topic that I'm very interested in, but I thought that doing it alone was going to be like kind of pointless, you know, and I wanted different points of view as the podcast is than mine to kind of, you know, I think that this feminism is a topic that just works in different ways for different people. It just it depends on what meaning you give to it. So I told the girls two questions for this episode. And the first one is, what's the meaning of feminism for you? So if you want to start answering them. All right. So feminism to me means, um, and I'm trying to keep it as anti-political as I can, because I mean, I want it to kind of uh, view and 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 represent my life more than um, politics, but I'd say feminism for me means having the ability to be on an equal playing field with everyone, and to feel as though you know the the things I go through in life that, that are personal to me as a woman can be understood by the general population, and that as women we can be seen as equals. Um, and I feel like feminism to me is just being badass and being someone who can step up to the plate and fight for themselves, their rights, and, you know, women around the world. So that's how I would describe it. That's awesome. Yeah, I was going to say something in a very similar vein to what Vanessa just said. So to me, feminism is very much the literal definition of the world uh, – the word. Oh, my gosh. The word. Um <laughs> Just like equality for women, men, people of all gender identities, we can extend it even that far. Um, but like to me, whenever I think about how feminism impacts my personal life, I like to think about the fact that whenever I walk into a room, whether that's like the boardroom or a, like a social situation or anything, that people view me and treat me with the same respect that they would if I was a man. And I think that's like a really important thing to point out is because um, a lot of times like I feel like I'm automatically lesser than or like viewed as lesser than. I don't believe that I'm lesser than, but um, a lot of times I walk into a situation and I'm nervous that people will be not take me seriously because I'm a woman. And I feel like feminism is, you know, being able to walk confidently into a room and know your worth and be respected by the people around you, regardless of how you identify or who you are or where you come from. So that's my little take on it. <laughs> I, agree. I agree with both Vanessa and Kelsey and everything they said. But when you asked us this question, the first thing that came to my mind was just plain and simple woman empowerment. And that could be on any playing field. And when I look at it in my personal life, 
I'm trying to work in sports and I want to work in baseball and sports in general is a very male dominated field. And that was one of the main reasons I wanted to go after this career was because not a lot of women in the industry like are very high up. You know, there are a few general managers that are women, but it's mostly a male dominated field. So for me, it's just knowing that you're when you're a woman, you are pushing to do your best and to empower other women aside of you. And just like Vanessa said, just being a badass, a girl boss in general, like my definition of a girl boss is just leading with empowerment and empowering others around you. And feminism is just a specific way of saying being a girl boss and just for women altogether. So it's not so much, I don't think of it on the political side. I just think of it overall, either if it's career, relationships, mental health, physical health all of it, just empowering other women all together. Oh, that's so good, Emily. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think I have my, my thoughts mirror what you're saying about, for me, I work in a tech field and it is very male dominated. I am one of three girls on our team and the only black girl on my team. Um, and with that, our team is broken up into different sections. I'm the only girl that does any of the analytics on our team. So when I think of feminism, in a way, I do think it is about empowerment and just the overall sense of equalness across the sexes. But I know with that, we are living in a generation where feminism is, in my opinion, a person who believes in the social, political, and equality of the sexes. Because in a perfect world, we would want to think that politics is not tied to it. Social expectations aren't tied to it. Economic expectations aren't tied to it. But it is ingrained from years of just living life where men are seen to be the breadwinners. Men are supposed to, we're supposed to um, succumb to the needs of a man. In politics, we, there aren't women in politics. Um, and we are also living in a world where politics are dictating women's rights. So as much as I would like to think, and in the grand scheme of things, we wouldn't want it to be um, that heavily politically charged. It is, unfortunately. But for me, I think it's just any person who believes in women and believes in doing what it takes to have us be on equal playing field. I think we are making great strides with it, but there is a lot of work to be done. Yes, I love what Nestle said because I have it written down here in my notebook. That's the definition that is given in the Beyonce song, Flawless. I, I, I don't know if you've ever heard the monologue in the middle that kind of explains feminism. And that was like my very first definition the very first time i heard the definition of feminism a person who believes in the social political and economic equality of the sexes and me as an international relations major is i'm i have a lot of politic classes and you can see how politics actually you know it's everywhere you know you can really hide away from politics because you know if you complain about economy or about your rights or about this or that you have to go to politics and i mean just thinking about that men were able to for, to vote before women, you know, that's just crazy. But yeah, I loved what everyone said. That's so great. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting what Nestle said. I just wanted to pop back on to say something. Yes, yes, um, yes. Yeah, I think what Nestle said is very accurate. And I mean, like, as much as, like, it is difficult to talk about politics in this day and age and, like, how, especially as women, we feel like we cannot – argue for our own, you know, rights and things because it is an uncomfortable conversation. I mean, I think that there are two very different and um, 
I don't know. I think in one way you can look at it as a political issue. You can also look at it as a moral issue. But I think if you do that, you also have to realize that there is just there is intersectional thought that has to go behind what it means to be someone who does support other females being a feminist. It is a moral issue. It is a political issue. And it it doesn't just stop when we don't want to talk about it. So that's why I mean, even though a little bit when I first heard the topic of this podcast, I was like, Ooh, I don't know how I can talk about this. I think it's definitely challenged me to go outside of my box and to think a little bit deeper more than I would have um, if we weren't doing this. So I'm excited to talk more about it. Yeah, I mean, this is a conversation that I have with my friends all the time. We're all the time trying to define, you know, what makes us a women, what makes us feminist, you know, if men can be feminist, if, if it has another name, you know. So I just wanted to bring other voices to my podcast to kind of, show that you know that everyone has a different definition and everyone sees it differently yeah something I wanted to quickly bring up is like first when we talked about doing this podcast I immediately felt like I wasn't qualified to talk about it because I didn't know like I'm I mean I would say like I'm not like the most like well-versed on like you know feminist ideology and all that stuff like I've taken classes where it's like been mentioned but I wouldn't say that I'm like the most knowledgeable but then if we think about it at my core, I'm a woman. So I am automatically like able to talk about it. You know, you don't have to be the most, you know, I guess well-versed is the way to say it, but you don't have to like know everything about everything about feminism to talk about the subject because this is who I am and this is who we are. And that automatically qualifies us to have these kind of conversations. So I think that's another important thing to mention. Kels, that reminds me of an episode that, that you did with Adrian Finch, like this quote that she said, I don't remember the exact wording of it, but she basically told you that you don't need to be an expert and you don't need to have everything handled in order to teach other people. Yeah. And I think that's a great yeah. mindset that we can all have going into this conversation and that anyone listening, if they want to have these conversations with their friends, families, colleagues, whoever it may be, you don't need to be a feminist deep, deep down, like know everything head to toe in order to have these conversations. And I think that applies everywhere in our life. But that just reminded me of that conversation you had with Adrian Finch, because it really stuck to me that we don't need to be experts on everything. And conversations may scare us, but we can absolutely have those conversations and do our best to learn more and just have those conversations and talk about it. Exactly, Emily. And I do it. And I think that with feminism, I feel like people are uncomfortable having this conversation because when most people think of feminists, they think of the radical feminists that are like, I hate men. Men are trash. Mm -hmm. Yes. To a degree, men are trash. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) However, it is not, it's not about this hatred of men. It is just the fact that at this point, we're just playing catch up. Like these, Men were able to have all of these rights long before us, and now we're playing catch up. And for the most part, I would like to believe that most women just want to have the same opportunities, the same room to grow as a man, and the same like bodily rights at the bare minimum. And I don't even think that's asking for a lot, but I do think that feminism is on a spectrum, and a lot of times it gets misconstrued as this radical feminist, and that's not necessarily the case. Yes, I don't know how it is in the U.S. Here in Argentina, it's very, the movement is very divided. You know, you have the liberal feminist, the radical feminist, the one that 
are from this party, the other party. So that's what kind of divides the movement in the middle. But I remember having this conversation with one of my friends, I don't a couple of years ago, that he was like, I'm not going to call myself a feminist because that means I'm not man enough or whatever. And that's I think that's the problem. People don't know the definition of feminism. Feminism is means equality, you know. If you are supporting equality between the sexes, you basically support feminism, you know. And people are so scared of the word, mainly men, you know. Yeah, it's so true. It, I feel people are just like incredibly terrified when you hear the word feminist. It's just like, oh, well, I don't know if I'm a feminist because I don't know if I like hate men. And like, you don't have to hate men to be a feminist. Like, I mean, um, I mean, I can hate men a little bit, but like only because they personally, you know, affect my life. But um, like Kesley said, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's it's an awesome way to be able to incorporate like the word feminism into a different. I think it's becoming a different meaning. People are starting to learn more and incorporate their own ideas into what it means to be their own type of feminist. And I mean, I think in in our society nowadays, we have very polarized thoughts about everything, especially what's going on now with Black Lives Matter movement. If you say Black Lives Matter, people automatically think you don't think everyone matters, right? Like it's just... It's, it's incredibly disheartening to see that people run away from these terms and these words and these ideologies because they don't want to do the work to have those conversations to understand how they feel and how they want to proceed as, as someone in society. Yes, I love that. When the Black Lives Matter movement happened here in Argentina, we don't have that. We have racism, but not in that spectrum. So I just tied it so much with the feminism movement because I'm so familiarized with it and you know the same things were happening you know when people were saying like we have a movement here in Argentina called Ni Una Menos which means there were a lot of women that were being killed because of their their condition of being women so women started a movement being like okay let's stop killing women because they're women you know and everyone was like, oh, my God, and what about my life? Men were like, oh, my God, my life. And it's like, your life yeah. matters, but yeah. we're getting killed because we're women, you know? Like, it was basically, I just, yeah, sorry that I just <laughs> said something No, it's else, okay. Okay, so I want to do, like, a follow-up question. So if you can recall when was the first time you heard about feminism? I remember my first time was when I watched the 2014 Emma Watson, Emma Watson, yes, Emma Watson speech at the UN, the he for she speech. Yeah. Um, I think my first experience with feminism, other than just the term, um, my mom is uh, pretty liberal, liberal growing up and she always talked about it. And so I knew, but then I joined um, a newspaper club at my high school when I was a junior um, because I didn't want to take PE. And um, I met a bunch of awesome people who were different than anyone I had met at the school before. I didn't know any of them even existed, right? So they were all very kind of hippies, very much like <laughs> all for equal rights, wrote about very political topics and were just very different than anyone I had met. You know, I hadn't seen anyone politically charged in high school um, because, I mean, it's not very common. But in the newspaper, it's common to be that way. So I met a bunch of these different types of people who are now all involved in, in politics or went to law school or did very, very different things, but all in the realm of of fighting for equality and things like that and, and making a difference in whatever realm they went into. And so I was able to push my boundaries with what I was writing in newspaper because I was with 
these open-minded people who introduced me into the idea of being an intersectional feminist, someone who doesn't just necessarily look at feminism as a blanket statement of what it means, but looks at it from a very introspective um, area, looking at how women deal with so many different types of uh, discrimination, whether it be the color of their skin, what type of woman they are, you know, if they're actually very feminine vibe or if they don't. And like all of these intersectional ideas that go into what it means to be a woman and how they can then take that ideal ideology and really like work with what they have been given and or what they're being discriminated against for. So I learned so many different aspects of what it means to be a feminist. And these people, you know, at the age of 17, 16 years old in high school had all of these really cool, different ways of looking at the world. And so that was the first time that I was introduced to anything uh, political even. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I would say for me, um, I've kind of, I can't think of like the moment when I learned what the word feminism meant, but I feel like I've always like understood generally that it just means like equality for men and women. And that's kind of like all I thought about it for a long time. But I very specifically remember my freshman year of college, I took a class that was about performative art and activism. And it was a really interesting class. And one of the things that they talked about a lot was feminist art and just the feminist movement in America and how like performative art basically came out of that movement. And there's a lot of really interesting things that you can look up. Like Yoko Ono is one of like the most famous performative feminists, um, which is awesome. But I that's where I really deeply learned about like feminist ideology and like how it really impacts people in so many different ways. And I think I finally understood what, like what intersectional feminism is because I am a white woman. So I do have that privilege um, being white that I kind of only thought about feminism in the sense of like, I'm a woman, but there's so much more to feminism. Um, and like the, the playing field is not necessarily equal for women of all colors or all backgrounds, socioeconomic statuses, all those things. So I think like that was kind of the moment where I really understood like how feminism is different for people in different situations because of like who they are, where they come from. So yeah, definitely college was where it really like materialized for me, I guess. I am trying to think, and I really don't remember the exact time. I remember the name and the word feminism coming up actually like in my history classes when we would talk about women's rights and different things like that. But honest to God, I never truly understood the meaning of feminism. And for some reason, every single time I look at the word feminism, I think of it negatively. And I think of it as those people who are like, men are trash. And that's all it is. It's just people shitting on men. But that's not what it means. It's way more than that. And one of the I can remember a time that I was like, let me look more into this and understand it a little bit more. Have you all watched the show Fleabag on Amazon Prime? Mm -hmm. No, I have to. I have not. Okay, please do. It's great. But the whole show is basically there. It's just about the whole they're like anti feminist. That's like the kind of like the back thing. And there's this one scene where the main character and her sister are in a like, like a session with um a a feminist speaker and the feminist speaker says out loud how many of you would give up 
five years of your life to have the so-called per- so-called perfect body and the main character and her sister raised their hands and she was like we're bad feminists she says to her sister and i was like is that what feminism means like i don't think that is but so i looked more into it and there's so much like feminism really embodies but i've never really had that background where i was taught or i had those conversations so i've been trying to more as i got older to trying to do my own research and try to understand it because media can twist the name the words of feminism and twist the ideologies behind it and you can believe what one person says or one person not but i've learned that understanding your own definition of feminism is what it really means it's what's going to be important to you yeah i completely agree especially with um the media's portrayal of the word feminist and the ideology that comes with feminism which is why i think with that, there has, hasn't been as much growth as it could have been these past few years. And for me, I've always known about feminist, feminism and the ideology about it, going back into high school, learning about women's rights. That was always something that I was aware of. I was aware of the idea of like radical feminists that are just like, I hate everybody. Women take over. This is dictatorship. <laughs> Burning their bras. Burn it all down. <laughs> <laughs> And like, in a way, I'm like, okay, I'm here for it. But I can also see why it's problematic and why people would use that as an opportunity to say, no, we don't want this. These women are crazy. They want to take us all down. And that's not the case. So my personal experience with it, that is like the most tangible is I was actually, I drove to DC for the 2017 Women's um, March when, because when Trump got elected, all of all of grabbed yeah, the woman. I was in the US for that. I was in San and Francisco. I, oh, wow. wow. Yeah. That yeah. was a crazy time. Yeah. So I, I was just like, no, because if there's anything that bothers me and why I'm so passionate about feminism is really for just I, our rights as a woman. So for him to be able to say all those crazy things, for him to be able to put out these like obscene anti abortion rights was really bothered me so that's why I like felt I was like propelled into that world and and that was my firsthand experience of both radical feminists and just like women who care about being equal and equal in one space it was a lot (laughs) a lot to consume so I I completely like forgot what the topic was but yeah overall I just think (laughs) (laughs) what the question was um, well, yeah, I, that's that's feminism for me. In yeah, a nutshell, that's amazing. I've I've gone to march marches here, and I I went. I didn't go to the one in San Francisco, but I happened to be traveling in San Francisco, and it was so powerful. The amount of women were there, and how many they were chanting. I remember, I just remember, and I got chills because it was so amazing. So now we can move to the second question that I asked the girls: Was your who is your role model when it comes to feminism and why? And if you happen to have any quote or something that you remember that they said that resonated with you, you can share it. Cool. So mine um, is Gloria Steinem. She was the, uh, in the the 1970s, and I'm going to probably mess up some of this. So just Google her if I'm going to be honest with you. Um, But Gloria Steinem, I was first introduced to her by the show Mrs. America, which is on Hulu. It was an FX show 
on Hulu. I highly recommend for everyone to watch um, because it shows two very different polarizing sides of feminism. It shows feminists and anti-feminists. And you don't really hear anti-feminist stories, uh, women who are anti-feminist. It's not very common um, to hear them speak up and out about it. Um, And so the show essentially shows the um, timeline of the ERA, which is the Equal Rights Amendment, um, and the ratification process. So um, in the 1970s, the feminist movement really took off more than it has even since then. It has not like reached the same amount of press and or popularity that it has since the 1970s. And a lot of that was because of Gloria Steinem, who was this beautiful young woman who came into the feminist world, which was generally an older crowd of women who didn't really seem very feminine and really, you know, um, took off and became the poster child for the ERA movement because she was, first of all, beautiful. She had, she was smart. She knew what she was saying and she fought for women, not necessarily on the front of the political lines, but she worked behind the scenes for those who were the political figureheads of the time. Um, So she worked by Betty Friedan and all of these amazing women who made incredible impacts um, to the ERA movement and to get it ratified, which it still hasn't been fully in the United States States since the 1970s is when it started. Like the late 60s, early 70s is when this movement got started. Um, And I'm getting to my point, I promise. Um, But (laughs) it is amazing to see that this movement, you know, took off and still has not been fully ratified in the const- in, in in our politics. Like not every state has fully agreed to ERA yet since the 70s. And like it is just the okay, I'm not going to get into the ERA. You can look it up. But anyways, so Gloria Steinem was the poster child and what was really amazing to me about her is what was that she used her femininity she didn't shy away from it. She used it as a tool to become, you know, someone that both men and women could look to, you know, because she was attractive to understand what it meant to be a feminist at the time and what it, why it mattered to pass the ERA. So we see in this show, um, and this is the first time I was introduced to her, which is actually sad because she's been around forever, um, this polarizing side where there's people who were anti-ERA and anti-feminist and fought against these women who really wanted to push feminism in our society. And you see them throughout this show turn and slowly become feminists. And they see, you know, the importance of, you know, being outside of the home and having a job and working for yourself. But they really thought that their, their rights as a free woman, you know, being able to be under a man and have them to support her were being attacked. And then they learned throughout this process that it really wasn't and that feminism was for them. So I highly recommend the show, but Gloria Steinem says um, specifically in one of uh, a very important speech she gave um, this quote, and I will read it. The first problem for all of us men and women is not to learn, but to unlearn. And I love that quote from her because I think it matters even now because I mean, we're seeing right now in the Black Lives Matter movement this term of unlearning, unlearning our internalized racism that has been 
passed down for generations and it's it's institutionalized in our school systems and everything that we do here in the United States and around the world. And we see this term unlearn to be really important and especially in the women's movement to learn that, you know, feminism isn't a dirty word. It's not something that should be looked down upon. We have to unlearn that ideology and unlearn what it means to be, you know, misogynist and to work to empower women in whatever we, way that we can. And so I love that quote from her and I love Gloria Steinem and I highly recommend that show and I just rambled forever. So there you go. <laughs> that was amazing though. That's so great. How am I going to follow that? <laughs> <laughs> she went with history, history class basically. Yeah. You're okay. welcome. So I'll go ahead and say mine and mine probably isn't as awesome as that, but um yeah, the, whenever I was thinking about this, I couldn't think of like an activist or someone like off the top of my head that really like is at the forefront of the feminist movement. But I like sat back for a second and thought about who is just like a role model for me and someone that I look up to that um, embraces being a woman and embraces who they are and just like works to empower people regardless of their identity and the person I thought of was Chrissy Teigen which if you don't know who she is she was a supermodel and now an author she married John Legend she's a mother um she's incredible and I don't have like a quote off the top of my head um but she talks a little bit about feminism and she talks she actually um, was in the news earlier this year about how she's raising her kids to be feminists and I thought that was a really interesting um it was some interesting reads for sure articles that I found but yeah she has like this quote where she basically talks about how she thinks feminism is just being able to do whatever the fuck you want to do. And that's, that's the quote. That's yeah, literally that's the quote. Um, and so she, she basically just, um, works towards like telling other people it's okay to be who you are and you are just as good as everyone else. Like we're all on an equal playing field regardless of who you are. And I think that's like something that's really important as well, not just like the political side of things, but also the the side of things where it's like reassuring you that who you are is okay. And that, you know, just within yourself, you need to learn how to believe that you're just as like, you're as equal as everyone else's and that you're not lesser than because you're a woman or because of this or that. Um, I'm sure it like extends past just feminism. I'm sure it extends towards race and all these other things that we've talked about as well. Um, but yeah, that's what I love about her. And I think she's just a badass in general. Like she is so unapologetically herself. She goes off on Twitter all the time. She will clap back at Donald Trump anytime she needs to, uh, and she like is so unapologetic about it. And that's what I love about her is that she she knows that a lot of times people will like clap back at her and say, it's not your place to say these things or it's not you like, what do you know? You're just a woman. And she's just like, screw you. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't care at all. Like, yeah. I think she is so confident in who she is. And I think that's like a really big part of why I think she's awesome. So yeah, y'all should follow her on Twitter. It's the highlight of my day. Same, same. <laughs> no, those are two really good examples. Mine is something that's actually completely different from that, I feel like. Just like Kelsey, though, I wanted to find someone that kind of empowered me and where I am in my life. And um, for those of 
your listeners, maybe none, maybe some that do follow my podcast. I talk about a lot how I've had a struggle for a very long time with my finding my self identity in fitness and through athletics because I had to quit college softball and it's taken me a long time to get there and I'm finally feel like I'm getting somewhere. But the one individual that I can think of that has always motivated me to own who I am as a woman and as someone in the fitness sphere her name is Danielle Wilson. She is an absolute badass. But just her content, not only is it fitness-based, but she empowers everyone to take control of their own life and kind of realize that you define your worth. And her quote, I might as well just stick it in here, is you define your worth. Your motivation has to be more than skin deep. You absolutely do not need to shrink yourself to finally feel worthy. And I feel like that a lot, not only in my personal life or career, but just overall that sometimes I see myself because like in career, we're comparing ourselves to everyone, not just women, but men too. And I've found that I sometimes talk negatively to myself and shrink myself in ways. And I'm sure we all do that. You make a funny joke where you're like, oh, I'm not this, ha ha ha. And you're like, for body image, whatever it may be. And maybe I'm going on a completely different tangent right now. But Danielle has always been that person that I've looked to who has always been like, you are who you are because you're you. And that is the number one thing. And she just pushes the fact that you're a woman and you have so much power in that. And you can lift more than a guy in the gym. You can do whatever, as long as you're happy and you're going after what you want to go after. That's all that matters. So highly recommend if anyone listening is into fitness or just motivation in general, she is amazing. She's just body positive, all of it. And I just love her content. So she really inspires me each and every day. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So I watch a lot of TED Talks. Yes.
<laughs> yeah. Wow, I loved all of yours. Well, I'm gonna say mine now. My role model when it comes to this is Meghan Markle. I know that's kind of weird because she's so big right now, but basically, when she got married into the royal family, everyone discovered, and myself included, that she studied international relations just like me and she came to Argentina basically to work at an internship in the American embassy so that was like so I felt so connected to her so I started looking into her and seeing everything and she's actually a feminist activist she had has done many things you know she works with UN in a lot of feminist stuff but I'm just going to tell you my favorite quote of her because we know I can talk about her forever but this is my quote <laughs> it said that girls with dreams become women with vision we may we empower each other to carry out such vision because it isn't enough to simply talk about equality one must believe it and it isn't enough to simply believe it one must work at it let's all work together at it together starting now that's awesome Someone else I quickly want to mention, too, is I recently watched Michelle Obama's documentary. So if y'all haven't seen it, like, yes. Okay, yes, it was awesome. But um, it didn't touch on feminism a lot. But obviously, she's a woman. And I think just like the way that she carried herself, especially whenever um, Barack was in office, uh, I think it was just incredible how she champions women and she works really hard to help like disadvantaged girls um, grow up and get opportunities for themselves uh, and I think that's like a really huge part of her platform especially like growing up in Chicago where she was obviously not she wasn't like the richest out there and um, I'm not exactly sure how poor she was growing up but uh, she went from being just like Chicago girl to all of a sudden being in the White House and I think just her story is really inspiring and she talks a lot about how she wants to create um, a better world for especially young girls uh, who don't necessarily grow up in families where they're encouraged to be badasses and go uh, go to college or you know chase their dreams so I think um, that's another person that if y'all are listening and you want to like look into more materials like her book I'm really interested in reading her book um, but the documentary kind of covers all like about the journey to writing the book and like 
the tour she went on and stuff. So highly recommend the documentaries on Netflix as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that's amazing. But basically, that brings us to the end of the topic. Now we're going to move to some like get to know you questions for my listeners so they can just follow you on your podcast. So, but these are more like this and that questions. But first, we're going to go with leggings or jeans. Vanessa, you're first. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm thinking about this. This is a difficult question. I'm going to say... Uh, <laughs> there are two really good points here, and I don't want to make both of them. I'm just going to try to say, okay, I'm going to say leggings for practicality reasons. Thank you. Same. I'm going <laughs> leggings. I'm going to go jeans. I'm a jean stan, so without question, I don't even think I own a pair of leggings, if I'm being completely honest with you. Oh, girl, what? Ooh, you're missing out. There are so many points through. I want to make here, but I'm not going to make them. I right. just like, I can would go, like you to know that I'm not one or the other. I love both. Yes. But same, I, if I'm just saying practicality. Okay. Yeah, that's it. You're so passionate <laughs> about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dogs or cats? Oh, cats. Unpopular opinion. Dogs all the way. Dogs. I've had both, but dogs. I've also had both. Dogs for sure. I feel the judgment on this call, and I just have to say, my parents never let me get a dog growing up, ever. So I acted like a dog as a child, and it was disgusting. <laughs> and then my parents still continuously will say no to me getting a dog. My roommate's thinking about oh getting God. a dog. And I'm also afraid because now I don't know how to be around a dog. I don't know how to be around a dog. And that's it. The thing about cats is I think because I don't like them, they don't like me. So we don't have a good relationship, you know. Yeah. So they can really, like, I'm also sense. allergic to cats. Highly. Highly. So, so why do you, you need a cats? dog in your life, Because girl. I have two cats at my, at my parents' house, and I love them. Pele and Balaniki. They're my homies. I love them. I just can't touch them. Oh my You're God. passionate right now. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I had a weird stage where I wanted to name everything in my life a Hawaiian name, and so I got cats during that time. Uh, oh, my God. Pele uh, and Balaniki. I don't know about you. Wow. Mm-hmm. Christmas or Halloween? Christmas, because I like gifts. Christmas is yeah. my favorite time of year, hands down. Halloween oh God, it just sounded terrible. It's freaking lovely. <laughs> I don't even care about Halloween. Christmas. Christmas is okay. Wait, I want to know this as well. But okay, do y'all think Christmas starts after Thanksgiving or like the week before Christmas? Like when or like when do you when do you feel like it's a like socially acceptable to start christmas you know we I don't think- have thanksgiving but we oh, put true. up the tree really? the 8th of the 8th of december we have to put up the tree and it's the whole tradition so basically mm. the 8th of oh. december is when christmas starts here i would say december just i'm i'm one of the psychopaths that's like thanksgiving was last night i guess it's time for the christmas tree no <laughs> you're absolutely not that's how much i love christmas oh my God. like Oh my god. Can it be my Christmas birthday is before Christmas, so until my birthday there's no Christmas, you know. My birthday <laughs> is December the 14th, so mm. yeah. I could put I my tree up today. Oh my All god. All right, don't chill, do that. Kelsey. No. 
Uh, we haven't even done summer. Like, relax. I don't know because I'm the type of person that I don't want anything Christmas until it hits December. Like, if anything yeah. comes out, I will. I I freak out. So yes. I'm gonna. I love Christmas, but I'm gonna have to say Halloween. My favorite holiday though is Thanksgiving. So I really can't pick between the two because Thanksgiving has my heart. I just want stuffing and potatoes all day. Um, but yeah. Wait, do Halloween. you dress up for Halloween as like a big thing for you? No. No, I just like care? spooky vibes, you know? Oh, that's weird. <laughs> it's October. I'm things about Fall, you. Beautiful. Ooh. Amazing. Okay, but I'm with Emily. Okay, so I will preface this by saying that overall, I'm not like a holiday person. I could really care less. The only, I don't care that much about um, Christmas. Mainly because, like, we always just do one extravagant gift, and we always, like, want the gift, so we'll just give it to each other. Like, the moment someone buys the gift, like, my mom wanted this, this like, Zoom, not Zumba, Roomba, and I bought it for her, and she's like, I want it. And, like, I just, like, here you go. It's not wrapped. Here. <laughs> Here's your box. <laughs> Interesting. Huh. So, I'll do Halloween, but, like, Vanessa asked, I don't, I don't necessarily dress up. I like the idea of just going out. It's more of a going out activity. I love fall. That's like my vibe. Fall, um, yeah. And I like the excuse to like do some like extravagant makeup and then I'll just wear all black and just call it a day. <laughs> I also yeah. love a good sweater. So I feel the fall vibe. Because mm-hmm. like the fall vibe around Halloween, it's also like, I mean, I don't know how it is in Argentina, but here I feel like it's we're going apple picking and there's hay rides and then you can yeah. do like corn mazes. And I grew up in the North. I don't know if y'all uh, have okay, this. Yeah. But- I'm from California. We like <laughs> go to the beach. We're like, oh, who cares? Like, <laughs> I mean, that's, like, that's a thing in Georgia, but I've never done it because that's like a level of cringe that I'm not willing to succumb myself to. <laughs> okay next (laughs) okay this is a very important question okay toilet paper over or under what over 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 under under. oh my god what What? why would it be under over is just like i don't know it gives me psychopath energy i'm not into it Oh my god. I think we're all learning a lot about each other. I'm like not gonna be friends with any of you after this. Like I think we're too different. Like we're too different for (laughs) just kidding. Okay. Iced coffee or hot coffee? No coffee. No coffee? What do you drink? Kombucha. I run on the energy of life. Wine. <laughs> Vanessa exclusively drinks kombucha and alcohol. Those are the only things. No, I specifically drink hard kombucha and oh, other yes. alcohols. Oh, okay. I specifically <laughs> love iced coffee. I drink it in the winter, summer, fall, and spring. Yeah. Wow. That's all those months. Yeah. All those months. Oh my god. Massachusetts taught me even though there's three feet of snow on the ground, you still drink iced coffee. So yeah, I'm Duncan. I, I feel like I feel like I'm the same way but opposite. So I'm a hot coffee girl. I was literally drinking hot coffee and I will drink hot coffee in the middle of the summer when it's oh 100 degrees outside. Like it's fine with me. I'm I'm a hot coffee girl. Psycho. <laughs> Psychopath. Um I'm a cold cold coffee hoe. 
So beer or wine? Wine. That's all I have to say. Wine. Yes. <laughs> Emily, you gotta say wine now. Thank you. Oh my God. I, I love a good IPA. But I can do, I mean, I'm gonna pick wine of the two right now. It gets you drunker quicker. Yeah. I'm a wine girl. I don't like beer. If I do drink a beer, I it has to be beer. like a sour. So the last question is, what's a song that never fails to make you dance? We should have had time to prepare this one. But like the I first one that pops into your head. Mine, for example, is I'm Every Woman by Whitney Houston. <laughs> Mm. That's a song that never fails me to make Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> the Bitch is Back by Elton John. <laughs> yes. That's my anthem. This is so hard. Um, I don't know. Think of Me by Verte. She's a very small artist, but the song has major <laughs> girl boss and badass vibes. So I highly recommend it to everyone. I'm going to have to look it up. Yes. Definitely. My song, the first song that pops into my head is Beyonce Countdown. So that's that's it. Mm, yeah. I feel like y'all are going to cringe at me, but the song that comes up into my head is Drip Too Hard. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that's just like my vibe. Like if I pull up in the club and Drip Too Hard is playing, like, you know, a sister about to be on Age. You did Where not did just I say that, sta- that sentence. That sentence did not just come out of your mouth. That's all I oh have my to God. say. What? And that is on a podcast forever. So just so you know, this is in the universe now. Hi, oh my God. Put that in your Instagram bio. Will twerk to drip too hard for money. No, honestly, like y'all know, like that's my vibe when I'm off a few drinks, like. A sister about a dance. She's under 21. Everyone, give her a couple days. Give her a couple days. <laughs> it's okay. okay. This will go out after I'm 21. I'm think- I hope. Honestly, I don't care. I don't care. We all, we all knew I was drinking a long time ago. Tuesday. It's her birthday. Oh, this goes on on Sunday, but well. That's fine. It's okay. Give her two days, but- people. She'll change. <laughs> Why would I change? It's going to get worse, guys. <laughs> But yeah, thank you so much for being for in, in this podcast, everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't know how many times I can thank you. But if thank you want to like, having us, plug yourselves yeah. one last time in the same order that we organized. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me. My name again is Vanessa Rock. Uh, you can find me on ontherocks.pod. Uh, that's my podcast. It's just on the rocks uh, wherever you find your podcasts. Yeah, so um, for me, I'm Kelsey as I've said many times, um, and my podcast is What's Stopping You Podcast on Instagram. Um, also, my personal Instagram is at Kelsey Lynn Jones. It's just my full name, and my podcast is available literally everywhere as well, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, probably anywhere you find this podcast, mine is there. I'm always jealous of people like you, Kelsey, who have easy names because my last mm-hmm. name is very complicated, but Bigly like I said- it. Gigliotti, yeah. Like I said, my name is Emily Gigliotti, but you can find the Purpose Project on Instagram at the Purpose Project Pod, and then you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and any other listening platforms. Just search the Purpose Project, and you can find me on my personal is Nestle Mitchell Nestle like the chocolate. Um, <laughs> and my Instagram, my podcast Instagram is not my problem pod. 
Great. Well, thank you so much for being here. Well, no problem. I'm gonna go listen to my hype song now. Oh my god, I'm gonna I'm gonna go drip too hard real quick. Well, bye. Thank you.